Dear listeners, welcome at this sixth episode of the Meet the Expert podcast series, in which we'll touch on feed efficiency and why improvement of that is sustainable. In this series, together with well-known experts from around the globe, we'll explore challenges and opportunities in the pig veterinary world. The Meet the Expert podcast series is a co-production of Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health and Pig Progress. And my name is Vincent Tebeek. I'm editor for Pig Progress and I'm the host of today's episode. And next to me is audiovisual editor Iris Hoffman, without whom this podcast wouldn't be possible. Today's guest is with us in the studio and his name doesn't need a lot of introduction. Professor Dr. Leo Den Hartog head of R&D at animal nutrition company Nutreco, as well as professor in animal nutrition in a circular economy at Wageningen University and research. 2022 is a special year for him as it will mark his retirement. So bit by bit, he is winding down at the moment. Welcome, Professor Dan Hartog. Thank you, uh, Vincent. Welcome. Um, I would suggest to start a little bit, uh, maybe you could introduce yourself briefly. Yeah, you already uh, said some words, uh, Vincent. Uh, it was about uh, nearly 45 years ago that I started my uh, career in uh, in animal production, especially animal nutrition. Uh, I worked at university, I worked in extension service, and I worked also for 20 years as R&D director in uh, Nutreco uh, in combination with Wageningen University. And that was always very nice. So you work in academia, a lot of contacts with universities all around the globe. And with Nutreco, who is active in more than 100 countries on all continents, you had a, a huge international network. I visited those places and yeah, you see all the progress in the last decades we made in, uh, in animal uh, nutrition and animal production. There must be nobody in the world of animal nutrition that doesn't know your name, if I hear it like that. I, I have a lot of contact and I have to say a lot of colleagues, but especially a lot of uh, friends. <laughs> Very good. Um, one, um, you used to be professor then at uh, Wageningen University in animal nutrition and in circular economy. Could you expand a little bit more what that does mean exactly? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's good. A lot of people are talking about a circular economy. Uh, and a circular economy means producing food without, uh, within the carrying capacity of the planet. Uh, and that means actually uh, reduce, reuse and recycle. So reduce waste reuse co-products, byproducts, uh, and recycle, recycle uh, uh, materials. And animals play an important role in reusing. So when you say uh, the, the byproducts, the co-products in our food system, but also in other producing systems, think on biofuel uh, and others, animals can valorize them and make uh, highly nutritious uh, food. Uh, and so uh, that means a lot on the animal nutrition. And so that's where uh, I was uh, active in, uh, in, in the past. Yeah. Could you give a rough estimation of how much um, circular is currently happening in the, in the world? Because, well, I could imagine that it differs from country yeah. to country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, if I look, for example, to animal nutrition, we already use a lot of co-products. Mm -hmm. uh, you can think on, on, on the, the food industry where we have the products. For example, if we buy the potatoes uh, 
the skins of the potatoes are going in animal nutrition. If we produce beer, if we produce cheese, a lot of co-production animals valorize them. Uh, for example, in the Netherlands, already six million tons of liquid co-products are used in, in uh, pig uh, nutrition, mm-hmm. but also on a global level. Uh, and it means that it's important that we use uh, raw materials for animals which are not used by humans. And the FAO, they uh, come up with a figure of 86%. So 86% of the raw materials, including refugees around the globe, are fed to animals which are not used by humans. And actually in the future, yeah, we should go to 100%. We should not feed animals what we can also consume as uh, humans. Obviously, obviously. And um, well, you were the, um, a professor in the Netherlands. Could you explain why this concept is uh, especially important in the Netherlands? Yeah, it, it, it is important in the Netherlands. In the Netherlands, we already work for decades on uh, yeah, feed evaluation raw materials. We, we use a lot of co-products. If you have, for example, uh, the skins of oranges uh, in the past, what should we do with it? We analyzed what is the nutritional value of those products, and then we brought them in the diets. Not only the Netherlands, also other countries are uh, doing it. But, but here there is already uh, with our infrastructure, eh, like Port of Rotterdam, we imported a lot of co-products from other countries, uh, use them in, in the pig, poultry, uh, dairy uh, diets. But, but you see that it, it is also all around the world that they uh, look clearly to what are raw materials, how can we valorize uh, those. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> well, you have a wide international network. Does, um, do you feel that um, circular economy is well? Could you give a couple of examples, for instance, in which countries circular economy is also important? Yeah, you see, you see, using co-products. Eh? You can also think about, for example, uh, rapeseed meal, sunflower meal, uh, uh, soybean meal. Uh, that are, but also from the the bread industry, the co-products, they they are used, and and you have uh, a lot of countries where you have the corn soy diets, mm-hmm. but also there they look now more to co-products. If you have the bio uh, ethanol production, eh, you have the DDGS, eh, the, the still dry grain solubles, also used in animal nutrition. Mm-hmm. If we do not use the co-products, do not valorize them, our food would be more expensive uh, because uh, then we have to find another route for those uh, those Mm co-products. And actually already for decades, everyone is looking in reducing feed conversion ratio. So all about feed efficiency. And that means that you want to be very efficient. Mm I see, I see. Um, zooming out, before we zoom in a little bit, well, you mentioned already feed efficiency, that's where I would like to go. Um, but a while ago, you and I were in the studio together for the recording of a webinar, and back then you showed a slide saying for an optimal utilization of land producing food, about 40% of the recommended daily protein requirement of adults, about 50 to 60 grams a day, should come from animal nutrition. I think you quoted Dr. Hanna van Zanten of the, the Wageningen University there, and there are two intriguing numbers in this equation. It's the 40% and the 50, 60 grams a day. Uh, could you uh, expand a little bit on the background of these numbers? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. The, the the recommendation for the humans is based also on studies that how much protein does uh, humans need per day, and they say now uh, data is 50, 60 grams per day. Is depending, of course, of of the adults. Eh? It is on adults. Children need more, but when yeah you are an intensive sportsman or sportswoman, then you need more. Or maybe when you have other uh, uh, hard work, you need more. So it is an average, mm -hmm. what is recommended. But what they did in Wageningen, they did studies and looked to the resources around the globe. So a lot of people are only looking to their own country. But actually, we should look to the global level. And, and maybe one step back, if you see that world population is growing, and you see that the well-being of humans is increasing, that means that we have to produce more food. And actually in the coming three, four decades, we have to produce more food as in the past 8,000 years. We have to realize uh, that. And that means that we have two main questions. Do we have the resources? And secondly, how can we reduce the emissions? That are the two main tasks. And then you have to look to the resources around the globe. And that is what, what they did in Wageningen. They made models and they calculated with uh, different ways, uh, like life cycle analysis. And then they say, yeah, animals play an important role in the circular economy. And uh, by using co-products, but also by using products from the marginal lands. Mm -hmm. So ruminants, they can digest refuges from marginal lands, grass, what we cannot as uh, humans. Pigs, pigs are omnivorous, so they can also convert co-products. Uh, and, and chickens, they are in nature insect eaters. So there is a lot of opportunity, so they play a role. And then they make the analysis and say, and, and we have fish. Yeah, you see fish also uh, very important. There's now already a more fish consumed as beef. So those animals, they can convert the co-products. And if we, they do the calculations around the globe, about 40% of the daily protein intake around the globe should be animal proteins. Yeah. So you could safely say that, well, I could imagine that some people say, oh no, for a very sustainable and circular way of living, we should all go vegan. Yep. That's simply not true. No, no. If we all around the globe will be vegan, then we have a problem. First of all, the animal products are very nutritious. You can think about uh, uh, the vitamins, eh? vitamin B12, for example. You can think about uh, the, 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 the micro and macro uh, nutrients, the protein, the amino acids. It's better digestible than plant protein, so you also have less nitrogen excretion. Um, and it is tasty. But uh, at, the, at the other side, overconsumption, you should also avoid. And I said f about 40%, hey, if we include uh, fish. Uh, in the West, we are at higher, we are at 60%. Yeah. So we overconsume. But in developing countries, it's less. This is an average. But animals play an important role in the circular economy. Definitely. Well, that is good to keep in mind. Um, now, let us turn to feed efficiency, because one 
message you often emphasize in this context is the importance of feed efficiency. And why is that so important in your view? Yeah, we, so we have to produce more with less. Uh, and that means we have to be uh, efficient. If you are not efficient, that means the cost is higher for the farmer. You have more emission. So it is on all sides. That's why everyone focused on the feed conversion ratio. But we have to think about feed conversion ratio is the amount of feed per kilogram of gross, per kilogram of milk, per kilogram of eggs. In the future, I think we should look more to feed cost per kilogram of product. Because if we go more than co-products, it can be that feed conversion ratio might be uh, worsened. Mm -hmm. But by using the co-products... The price comes down. Of the, the price can come down, but the feed cost per kilogram growth can be lower because you can have cheaper uh, 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 products in your diet. We need to find a nice balance between We have the to two. find the balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, and I think also for the future, we will get new raw materials. Uh, we get new technologies that we can take out more of raw materials for the food industry or for the pharmaceutical industry, the cosmetic industry, for biofuel. Can be, that means that co-products can have a lower nutritional value, which is not a problem if we know exactly the nutritional value. We're making a veterinary podcast here, so but one wouldn't perhaps make immediately the, the connection, but feed efficiency has a rather strong veterinary component. And could you explain why and which one it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think when I look to animal production, uh, the, the, the key word is health. Uh, we have done some calculations. And then we concluded that uh, uh, animals are about 30 to 40 percent below the genetic potential. And That's I worldwide, worldwide, worldwide and average. Yeah, globally. Uh, uh, and I would say that's conservative. It can be in several cases 50 percent or even more. So that means if we want, uh, we have, we are using the full genetic potential. We only need half of the animals around the globe to produce it. And why? Why is this? Why is there the yield gap, as they uh, mention it? That's because of the circumstances, uh, but also because of the health. Animals with subclinical infections, not fully healthy. They do not produce to the full genetic potential. And uh, yeah, if we can close this yield gap, we really have to look at the health of the animals. And uh, you mentioned the subclinical infections, for instance. Um, yeah, I know, well, you are not a veterinarian, but are there some prominent pathogens that pop up in your mind? Do you think, okay, they are in the way of feed efficiency? Yeah, can be several, can be specific, but if you say coli or streptococcus or others, they are uh, at several farms. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a nice example. We, we did an experiment uh, uh, so a while ago, and there we had the same feed, and we fed it on 17 different swine farms. And then we have looked at the digestibility of the feed at 40 and 70 kilogram life weight. And there we found up to 15% difference between the best and the worst farm. And that means with the same feed, the circumstances on the farm can be hygiene, can be housing, can be climate, uh, the health status. 
uh, that has a huge effect. You see, you can define the diets very accurately, but if the situation on the farm is not optimal, you never would have the good results starting already by the digestibility of the feed. It's not that, that illustration where you lose yeah. 30 to 50 percent of the of, of the of the feed efficiency indeed um yeah well you mentioned already how much potential is lost due to the suboptimal health um what importance in your um in your view does veterinary science play to enhance this circular economy yeah coming uh, coming back to uh, to health uh, important is the, uh, I always call it the feed farm health approach. So it, it, it is more a multi-stakeholder approach. You should have the good quality feed. You should have the right raw materials. You should have, can have the additives also on, on the health, yeah, the support, the veterinary health, but you can also think on the right factions. Mm -hmm. It starts already with the robust animals, so also in the breeding programs, uh, you need a lot of attention on, on health, not only production, but also on, on the robustness of the animals, the resilience, uh, and on the farm, the hygiene, the biosecurity. Uh, so this all together, you cannot say it, it is one part, no, it, it's all, uh, all together. It's and like a big pie with a little lot of components and yeah. veterinary science definitely plays yeah. a role yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. as you see, if animals are uh, uh, producing more and more, each part of the puzzle should, uh, should uh, fit well and should get attention. I see, I see. And um, now here in Europe, we've kind of just um, passed that threshold that we're kind of uh, phasing out zinc oxide in uh, in um, pharmacological levels, as well as we've been um, banning um, antibiotic growth promotion promoters. Um, in a way, they had a positive effect on feed efficiency. Um, do you feel that phasing these components out has been a positive or a negative development from this angle? Um, I, I, I think uh, it's, it's positive because what we did with zinc oxide and with uh, the AMGPs, uh, you see the effect was biggest on the farms with uh, uh, not optimal management, with bad management. You see on, on the good performing farms, the effect wasn't there. And there is a lot of attention on, on health supporting products, uh, on, on good uh, supervision, uh, on good hygiene on the farm. And then uh, we saw that the effect wasn't there. So you can have the same results. And in some cases, we found even better results in integrations on swine farms all around the globe, you see. Uh, so, so therefore, if you really have the good feed farm health approach on the farms uh, without AMGPs and without zinc oxide, it does not have an, uh, a negative effect, but some, in some cases even a positive effect on uh, performance. So basically the antimicrobial growth promoters as well as the zinc oxide had a function of covering up bad management and well, ba bad bad practices or more well, suboptimal practices, let's so uh, yeah, put it that way yeah, in, in yeah, general. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, 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 it has an effect, especially on the farms where the management was not, uh, was not optimal. Yeah, and, and you also saw that on uh, uh, yeah on several farms, it was easy to with vet prescription to uh, 
uh, to describe that that medicine was needed mm -hmm. and there we should also be a little bit prudent mm -hmm. uh, of course we need antibiotics when animals are sick we should give them and there is no alternative for antibiotics mm -hmm. so when people say i have an alternative no you can have products who support health that you need less antibiotics but uh, you, you see in, in the Netherlands, we are now, compared to 2007, 77% uh, uh, lower antibiotic use. Mm -hmm. We don't use in the Netherlands medicated feed anymore, mm -hmm. just by injection or uh, by water. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there you see on, on the farms, uh, yeah, really good, uh, good performance. Mm -hmm. But it will not go to zero altogether. There will always be something needed. Yeah, yeah. We, you can have some batches, uh, flocks, uh, really in, in some integrations. That there, I know integrations where, where they have 90, 95% of the batches without any antibiotic use or even more. We are on the own research farm uh, in Utrecht. We were 99% uh, reduced. But sometimes you have a sick animal or there happens something. It's the same with humans. Yeah. And I can say, uh, when I was a kid, they said to me when I had the flu, go to the doctor and get some penicillin mm -hmm. a long time ago. Yeah. Now you know we are very careful with using antibiotics. When we need it, you should take it, but try uh, to avoid. Yeah, and no, most of the time, uh, yeah, the body can uh, deal exactly. with it itself. Yeah? Exactly. Um, we haven't talked about feed additives yet because they can play an important role in enhancing feed efficiency as well. Um, what is their role exactly? Yeah, you have different uh, feed additives uh, and, and they play a role. Uh, you can have, for example, uh, acids, medium chain fatty acids. You can have phytogenics, you can have uh, enzymes or you have pre-probiotics. So there are a lot. Mm -hmm and they play a role. And I would say more the natural ingredients. Mm -hmm. uh, you see, if you have plant extracts or you have acids, uh, it's also what, what, what's in nature. Mm -hmm. And they, they have an effect. And you, you really have to do research. I, I did 10, 15 years of uh, research uh, on it. And then you see of the 100, of the 100 products, uh, yeah, maybe five uh, are positive. You really have to have the right strains, the right products, and there are products who give some uh, times positive results, sometimes no results. But uh, a lot of products, they are tested well, and we need to know the mode of action, how does it work, and then validate them in practice. And there you see, you have digestibility enhancers, you have health supporting products, uh, and, and they, uh, they play an important role in animal nutrition. Mm. And is there one feed additive in particular you feel that no farmer should ever forget that to uh, to use that or in the context of um, enhancing feed efficiency yeah it's very hard to say is there a specific uh, additives but but if you look at, at literature for example you see that that uh, products like acids medium chain fatty acids they they are positive in uh, in the species uh, but so there are there are much more additives. But you have to be careful uh, that you really need good dosages. That's also in registration uh, of products that you really have to show in experiments that they're positive. And I think that's good. There also reauthorization that they're very critical. But uh, because yeah, you also have a lot of marketing. But you really 
should have the good technical results. And sometimes you test them under very good conditions, eh? experimental conditions, very hard to find something. And then when you go and practice, you see an effect. So therefore, you always need to validate them. And I suppose the, the opposite also yeah. uh, also happens. Exactly. Yeah, it can be, can be. Yeah, and therefore it's good to understand the mode of action. And now also in the, in the place where they work, you see now more slow release products that they work in the intestines where they should be active. We understand much more of the mechanisms with uh, the microbiota in the gut. So you see science make huge steps forward in the last decade. Do you feel that veterinarians are um, very well involved in, in the use of feed additives or is that something that is beyond their horizon? No, you, you see also in, in, in uh, the feed additive companies and in research, in research it, it is the animal nutritionists, but also the veterinarians. Mm -hmm. So veterinarians are, are also uh, involved and you see much more attention in, in the education, the teaching, the courses, uh, the roles. Uh, it starts already by, with the raw materials, the good quality raw materials, of course, but also the, the, micro, uh, uh, the micro ingredients, uh, but also on the, the feed additives. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, I'm, I'm looking at the clock now. We're, we're approaching about the half an hour. Um, I am... I'm just having a general question um, because you've had a very broad network, as you said, and you have um, you have a wide view. You had a lot of contacts. Are you optimistic about pig production in the future? I mean, for instance, what will it look in 25 years from now? Yeah, I, I am optimistic. My, my slogan is: there is a, a, a pig production. There is a future with pig production, and there is pig production with future. So, so the future is there. But a lot of people say, yeah, but we get alternative proteins and so on. The increase in demand is huge. So we need everything. We, we need also alternative routes. They look to fermentation of proteins. They look to insects. They look, look to uh, uh, meat from the lab. Mm -hmm. But also animals. And I showed in the beginning that animals play an important role in our circular uh, economy. And pigs... Uh, are, are perfect uh, for this. Um, so, so the demand for for animal products is is increasing uh, in the coming decades, and that's why I'm positive. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, that's a, a good note to to close off with. And uh, well, if we wrap this up, um, why is feed efficiency a component of sustainable agriculture? And with that, I'm um, I'm uh, rounding up. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a huge discussion about number of animals in, in, in the Netherlands, but also in uh, other countries. Um, and actually, I think, first of all, we have to look to the humans, the consumption. Eh? We, we throw away one third of the food around the globe, which is a shame. That is what we should uh, avoid. Secondly, is that we should avoid uh, overconsumption. The third is we should close the yield gap. The yield gap we discussed about. And that is with feed efficiency. That is with feed, farm, uh, health. And if we have those three right, 
then you need much less animals. We are much more efficient. It saves feed cost on farm. We know feed cost is 60, 70% on a farm of the cost. We reduce that. Can have a, a good effect on the quality of the product. But for sure, we have also much less emission. Point one, less feed conversion ratio is 3% less nitrogen emission. Yeah, I think that's uh, three wise lessons and three wise points to remember for everyone who is listening, because uh, that sums up pretty much the conversation that we've had today. Um, I would like to thank you for being with us today. Um, you've been an, uh, an excellent uh, guest, I think, with a lot of um, insightful information. Um, I'd like to thank our, um, our listeners as well for being with us today. And we'll be back soon with the next episode of Meet the Expert. Thank you for listening and bye-bye.